Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture History Lesson on the Ringer Dish Network. My name is Amelia Wedemeyer and today I am joined by Zach Peter, my co-host for uh, You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie. It's R.A. Our Kardashians recap show. So if you guys are Kardashian fans, and I feel like people who uh, are going to listen to this episode probably, you know, enjoy the Kardashians. They know who they are, at least probably would listen. So go over to the Ringer uh, reality TV feed and you can hear us there. But anyway, hi, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing amazing, sweetie. You know, that's my party line. (laughs) It's a good line. At at this point, it really is. No, that's a great line. Um, And I feel like Kris Jenner would probably fall in line with kind of today's topics. I think she definitely would. She is um, she is the momager of all momagers. But there were women before her, even though she probably was momaging and all that good stuff while these women were as well. Just not to the success yet as they were doing so in the aughts. But You're right. We are going to be talking about specifically a uh, Vanity Fair piece from 15 years ago. I can't believe it. Called Mom's Gone Wild. Um, And it is a piece written by Judith Newman. And it focuses kind of on the mothers of Paris Hilton, 
Lindsay Lohan and to a lesser extent, Britney Spears. And um, it's just, it's kind of a quick, fascinating read um, and kind of a quick, fascinating, just a moment in time of when these women were popular and then the, and then not only you know, Paris and Lindsay and Brittany, but the the moms behind them as well were kind of in the news for um, being the mothers of uh, young women who like to party. Uh, But anyway, yeah. Are you excited? Are are you, did you like the article? I did like the article. I mean, I was super stoked to kind of find this article again because obviously Kathy Hilton's so relevant right now with her stint on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and she's in some hot water. And, you know, obviously she's got some beef with Lisa Rinna and Kyle Richards as we're seeing play out on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So to go back, I recently, since, you know, I was starting to hear rumblings about what was going to come out on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season, I went and got myself a copy of House of Hilton to actually read it, to learn about Kathy Hilton and her mother. So good. So juicy, right? So So good and juicy. Yeah. I wanted to deep dive into that. So I loved reading the Vanity Fair article where we get to see Jerry Oppenheim and he's in here and he's talking about the book and he's, you know, given some scoop on Kathy and her mom, Big Kathy, who was really the Kathy, Kathy Hilton before Kathy Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> she, I, it's, it's a successful little lineage going here. You're exactly right. Um, it was fun to see that uh, Jerry Oppenheim who wrote House of Hilton got a little shout out and a little got to talk to this uh, author, Judith Newman. So you're right. And uh, and I love that you have also I feel like this book is not super well known, but if you're in certain circles, you know it, you know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And I don't know how more people don't. I mean, obviously, it's out of print now. Trying to get a copy is like, you know, insane. That's why we needed Kim Richards to write her tell-all book. But that got shut down. But, like, the book is so, it's so juicy. And I love dissecting, like, where these moms, like Dina Lohan and Lynn and Kathy, like, where they came from. Because then we get to understand their psyche and how a lot of their projected trauma is now on their kids and how they push them out into the line light, be it for fame or be it for money or whatever the case may be, and how it continues to trickle down generation after generation. And it makes us think of like how our parents, you know, trickled stuff down onto us or encouraged us to pursue, you know, their dreams as they lived vicariously through us. So I, I found it very enlightening, but also wildly entertaining. Totally. And I, excuse me, his name is Jerry Oppenheimer. Um, I said Oppenheim. Uh, But anyway, yes, you're so right. And it's it's crazy because this book, like you're saying, is out of print, uh, which is unfortunate, but you can get it on Kindle, except, uh, which is, I I have it on Kindle. I'd love to get a hard copy of it, but um, it's- I got a hard copy from Australia, Amelia. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so what you're saying is I need to go and order something from Australia (laughs) to get it. Okay, no, I'm I'm not uh, above doing that. Well, I was very... 
I was very grateful enough to have one of my podcast listeners send me a copy from Australia. Oh, nice. And I'm so glad that she did because, I mean, the book is just too juicy. I love audiobooks so and I juicy. didn't have the luxury of being able to listen to House of Hilton on an audiobook. So I really had to get my highlighter out and, and dive in. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, on uh, on the Kindle, you can also highlight stuff. So I've, I've yeah. highlighted a lot of stuff as well. But um, yeah, let's kind of dig into some interesting uh, pieces, facts that we uh, kind of saw in the piece. Because again, it, it does focus on mainly Kathy Hilton. There's some of Dina Lohan and there's like a very little of Lynn Spears, which like you're saying, I think it would be interesting to kind of learn her background because I think her mother is actually British, which I find fascinating. And, you know, and that might play into the whole like American dream aspect and all these women are you know, essentially living out their American dream, their dreams sure. through their daughters, you know. But um, anyway, one of the most interesting facts that I uh, read in this Mom's Gone Wild piece was that Kathy and her mother, Big Kathy, called Paris Hilton star from when she was little. And they were saying how she was going to be bigger than Princess Di or Marilyn Monroe from a very young age, which just... You have to think if that is what you b believe your daughter is going to be like and and you're of the Hilton money and whatnot, it doesn't it just doesn't surprise me all the things that Paris Hilton has done continues to do and, uh, you know, all the branding and whatnot that we've seen throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, she definitely I mean, obviously, in reading House of Hilton, you see how big Kathy taught her daughters to prioritize wealth and fame. So you're either going to marry rich or you're going to become famous. And we see right. Kyle Richards and Kim Richards, Kathy's sisters referenced in the article, and they pursued a career um, in Hollywood and they became actresses. Kathy went the opposite route and she ended up marrying Rick Hilton of, you know, the Hilton fame and, and hotel chain. And you know, now we see her start to kind of embed those same principles into Paris. But it is interesting how from a very young age, she knew that Paris was going to be a star so much so that she named her star, which yeah. didn't really stick. I mean, I, I feel like that sounds like more like a stripper name than like a cute baby name. <laughs> so I, I personally, sure. that's not a choice I would make. But you know, it, it was interesting and fascinating to see how unbothered Rick and Kathy were even in the release of Paris's sex tape and how yeah. they were, you know, were able to help her capitalize off of that. And one of the things that I was really surprised by in this article was the lack of... Um, or the way that they tried to to paint it as the Hiltons don't have as much money as we believe that they do. Yes. And that's why there's this pursuit of shelling products and making their kids famous is because it's it's a way to attain fame and, and wealth. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they said like Rick was one of eight kids. So there's there's that aspect. And I think, you know, over the years, the Hilton company probably isn't fully owned by the Hiltons anymore. And no. it seems like there's a lot of charity going on from the grandfather and whatnot. So there's that aspect as well. But you're right. It does seem like they have kind of not I wouldn't say they have squandered their wealth because I'm I'm they still are like millionaires or whatnot, but I think there's like a taste of wealth, obviously, and they just and they want more. And and they actually yeah. uh we we explore that in the Jerry Oppenheimer book as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I was fascinated to find out that they really only got, what was it, like 400000 from the Hilton Hotel brand. And a lot of Rick Hilton's wealth now is through his real estate company. And that's right. where a lot of his money came in. And Kathy was out here trying to capitalize off of the Hilton name by building like a beauty skincare brand and doing her Who Wants to Be a Hilton uh, reality show that was a total bomb. Um, total and, bomb. I mean, and, and interesting to see how they were, you know, promoting their businesses by hosting club appearances and telling cameramen and paparazzi that stars were going to be coming to these club these club parties only to find out that the the stars that were there were Paris Hilton and Nikki Hilton right. and if no exactly. real celebrities showed up then they at least got to pimp out their daughters to kind of be the new stars and socialites within you know Hollywood totally it's so interesting and there's a moment in the article where they talk about Paris Hilton and she's going on Saturday Saturday Night Live and she has to be kind of subjected to this um, bit on um, Weekend Update with Jimmy Fallon and he's prodding her with these double entendre questions and it's just like, is it hard to get into the Paris Hilton and, and you know, like the hotel, but it also, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and uh, But it's interesting because they say... Uh, in this piece that Rick and Kathy, Rick being Paris Hilton's uh, father and Kathy's husband, were there and they were watching this with the two younger brothers of Paris Hilton who were like kids at the time. And they were just saying like, wasn't your sister great? Wasn't she so funny? Like they were sitting by and watching their daughter get asked these really uncomfortable questions and and kind of making the best out of a crappy situation or just putting your, their best face forward and saying, well, we have to address it now, you know, and which we also have seen with Chris too, Chris Jenner, when, you know, of course the infamous as her mother, I was livid, but as her manager, you know, <laughs> which is just, again, it's, it's interesting. If it's out there, why not capitalize off of it, right? Like, listen, if my if I had a tape that leaked out on wherever, I would hope if my mom were smart enough, we'd be like, let's go to Vivid and let's make a deal. Because either <laughs> it's going to circulate on Twitter and people are going to watch it. And if you're sure. going to see all of my business, then I at least want to make a money. I want to make a royalty You want to make a buck. It. Sure. Yeah. It, why it not? It's just there's something sleazy, though, I feel like when it's, oh, it's totally own, sleazy. Yeah. Child, which is just. But yeah, you know, I mean, they're they're making the best out of a shitty situation. You I guess. forget, Amelia. She literally had her daughter kidnapped and put into a boarding school. Right. Right. Yes. And that didn't really come out, obviously, until the release of This Is Paris. Recent, yeah. Yeah. The documentary. But which is interesting because they do briefly discuss it, if you remember, in the Jerry Oppenheimer House of Hilton mm -hmm. book, where they say, for some reason, you know, she left for a year or so, and no one really knows why. And that's... Yeah, she disappeared to you. It's rumored that she was in a school in Utah. Yeah, and which is really fascinating now to look back on. Obviously, a horrible, very horrible situation right. that should have never happened. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. And even in... The documentary in the Paris Hilton documentary, there's like these moments between Paris and Nikki that I find really fascinating that like kind of speak to I, I don't want to call it a larger issue, but just the relationship that they have with their parents where I think Nikki and Paris are talking and they're just like, you know, mom and dad, they just love to sweep everything under the rug and never address it. 
which again, yep. I think this kind of holds true for how we see Kathy Hilton is just this kind of person who just doesn't want to talk about it. And, you know, we're witnessing that right now on Real Housewives. And not only that, right. but we've always witnessed that where it's just like got to make the best out of a, of a crappy situation. and We never have to talk about it again, almost sweep it under the rug. And I just think that's kind of, you know, that's more of a generational thing of being like, you know, we don't talk about things. We sweep it under the rug. We pretend that everything's cute and let's just keep it moving. Right. Right. I mean, in this case, it seems like they were really going to milk the sex tape for all they could. And listen, it helps make Paris the Marilyn Monroe household name that she's now that (laughs) she's become. There you go. That's true that they did succeed in doing that. Um, And again, it is you mentioned it before, but it's so fascinating to... And again, I highly recommend anyone who's listening to this, if you want a juicy read, you got to pick up on Amazon, uh, on the Kindle, um, House of Hilton. But um, just talking about Big Kathy, and like you were saying, how she not only influenced um, Little Kathy, as Kathy Hilton is referred to in the book, but Kim and Kyle Richards, her half-siblings, about you either make it in Hollywood as an actress or singer or whatever, or you marry rich, which I think everyone has, has kind of done the latter. I mean, I think Kim and Kyle have both, um, also had decently successful acting careers when they were younger, at least, but have pivoted towards finding a guy who will take care of them, you know? So which is fascinating. Yeah, Kim, I mean, you look at her history and she was yeah. engaged so many times and she was connected to so many powerful men. I know. Kyle, I, love Kim. I mean, I know. Kyle, I feel like probably was the one that married for love at least the most only yes, because totally. Mauricio wasn't, you know, he wasn't as successful as he is today. I mean, obviously that worked out for her. I mean, and listen, of all three Richard sisters, I feel like Kyle is the one that really won. She has, you know, a really solid marriage, a husband that she loves. They're very wealthy. They're on television. They just got a new right. show on Netflix. Right. You know, it's, I feel like she kind of is the most sane and came up on top and, you know, we don't see a, a Farah or Sophia or Alexia sex tape floating around out there. Right, which is interesting because that kind of speaks against to what they were all brought up to, you know, do, which is like, you know, marry rich or whatever. So good for Kyle. Well, it's interesting, though, because in one of the recent episodes of Real Houses of Beverly Hills, we have this scene with Kyle talking about how the way that she was raised with her sisters is very different from the way she chose to raise her daughters. Yeah. And now her daughters are all very close. But growing up, her and Kathy and, and Kim would fight, like claw each other out and bite each other. Like their fights were so bad and they were so competitive. And obviously, we know Big Kathy raised them to be in competition with each other. <laughs> right. So it, it seems like, you know, which is totally twisted but it does you know it seems like kyle at least wanted to break that chain where it seems like kathy hilton definitely embodied a lot of the characteristics of big kathy definitely and, you know continued to instill some of these beliefs in you know pursuing fame and money exactly and i think also i mean you know for a time paris hilton said she wanted to become an actress she wanted to be a singer and so we see that she released an album. She was in a couple of movies. And listen, Stars Are Blind <laughs> is a bop, Amelia. I will defend it. Think about the stars so crazy. Thinking about the stars are blind. It's a good one. Yeah. And she also has a cover of uh, Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy that I like. It's it's a fascinating take on that song. Um, but anyway, there's also 
interestingly enough, listen, I, I'm deeply embedded within the Hilton family, but uh, there is a, another Vanity Fair piece, I think from around the year 2000 by the incomparable Nancy Jo Sales, who was a guest on this podcast um, several months ago when she talked about another one of her articles. But there's this one that talked that has her interviewing the Hilton sisters when they were first starting out in like the early 2000s, literally the first year of the 2000s. And I also remember like being really struck by um, a certain passage scene in the piece where she talks about how everyone was kind of making a big scene over Paris and obviously they mentioned Kathy and I think even big Kathy was uh, mentioned in the piece as well. But then they don't pay as much attention to Nikki and it's really clear at the difference. And it's just, again, you're right. There is like a difference. Like they, they clearly Paris and Nikki were treated differently growing up. Well, very similar to the way Big Kathy treated all three of her girls differently. And whoever was the forefront, like when Kim was the breadwinner, Kim got a lot of the priority, right? And so the others would have to fight for her attention and the other, or not even just her attention, but it seemed like the way, you know, Oppenheimer puts it is they had to fight for her love, her adoration. You know, she was very frugal about when she would give compliments and how she would, you know, show her affection and they craved that. And I think that's natural as a child to crave that affection. And it's like, you know, I think that's why they would act out. And maybe that's part of what happened with Paris. And she had to act out in order to get her mother's affection and approval. Totally. Yeah, definitely. And even in the Nancy Joe sales piece from Vanity Fair, uh, you can tell like there's Nikki is checked out when talking yeah. about Paris and stuff. And so it's it's really it's a fascinating kind of quick look into the dynamics of that family and how, you know. Yeah. And I are. feel like Nikki just didn't really seem to be interested in the fame. Like she kind totally. of did it because it kind of felt like, you know, she was pushed into that. But like she's fine. She's a Rothschild now. She's like right. living yeah, her exactly. life. She's like. I'm good. She's like, that's Paris's thing. Let Paris go be a DJ in Ibiza. Like, I'm good. Right, right, exactly. Which, again, I just find it's so, this whole dynamics of this family are completely interesting to me. And, uh, you know, just the way in which some of our, not necessarily even like favorite celebrities, but our most talked about celebrities like Paris and and Kim and whatnot. Infamous. Infamous, exactly. Just how they were brought up and who who made them the way they are. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says, Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Also, interestingly, this article doesn't really mention the fathers that much, which I find fascinating. Well, I mean, it was popular to beat up women in the tabloids. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, this, it's... <laughs> in 2007, we love to beat up. Well, I mean, we do see reference in the article of like Justin Timberlake and his mother and how we like that Justin Timberlake would take his mother on the red carpet. And like, right. that was a cute, you know, mother dynamic. But Lindsay and, and Dina, that's not as cute Dina. of a dynamic because they're out and clubbing together. Exactly. Yeah. And they and this woman, actually, the author, Judith, she talks a little Briefly, briefly about uh, Big Papa Joe. Do you remember him? Uh, Joe Simpson uh, of Ashley and Jessica Simpson. And, but she doesn't really go into his kind of Svenjali ways. But anyway, uh, so you're right. We do talk about Dina Lohan. And what I find fascinating about her is that before um, Chris Jenner was Kim's momager, we had Dina the White Oprah Lohan, which refers, the yes, they they say in the piece that uh, Lindsay's friends would all call her White Oprah because they would go to to Dina for advice. Um, who knows if that's actually true? But I that will never leave my brain that moniker for sure. Um, yeah, if I were to ever picture, like when the words the white Oprah come to mind, Dina Lohan is not the first person that pops into my head. Mm-hmm. Same. So, but listen, if if her friends believed that that was their Oprah, um, good believe, for Dina Lohan. Because <laughs> she, listen, she must have she must have done something right. Maybe she was, you know, supplying them with, with some goodies. And they were like, ah. Oh. <laughs> She's so motherly. Such a motherly lady. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's interesting because in this piece, they kind of set Dina against Kathy a little bit because Kathy, you know, grew up. I don't even know if it was necessarily rich, but with kind of the the jet set class in Hollywood and whatnot. And like she was friends with Michael Jackson from a young age. And and she was always told to, you know, marry rich. And I think she met Rick at age 17 or something. Whereas we have Dina Lohan, 
who is from Long Island and Long had Island. A, a Long Island baby and had a very tumultuous relationship with Lindsay's dad, Michael Lohan. Um, and it was and it was just fascinating to see how different uh, her upbringing and Kathy's was and how they kind of both but ended up both kind of using their influence and their children to better their own lives, I guess. Yeah, it, it definitely seemed like Kathy was very interested in the fame aspect that she could help Paris achieve and in some way get that fame for herself. And maybe it was because she already had the money, right? She didn't, you know, she, the two priorities were money and fame. So she was able to use Paris to help achieve the fame for the family. Whereas with Dina, you know, they make it seem like she came from, you know, more humble beginnings right. out in Long Island. And she saw Lindsay as a way to attain wealth and how to, to bring money in to give the family a better life um, and or really to give herself a better life because it really yeah. paints this picture of she was in this relationship that was so dark and so volatile with Michael that she needed a way out and Lindsay kind of ended up being her escape, which is like even more heartbreaking to like think of, you know, confessions of a broken heart, oh, Lindsay's gosh. albums and music. Like, oh my God, those tourists apart back in the day. Those were dark. Um, yeah, totally. The, it's it did, even the music video. The music like, video where she's crying on the bathroom floor. In the bath, oh yeah. my God. I know. I I remember that. That and she was like barely 18. Yeah, she was like 17, oh 18. Oh my God, yeah. Very sad. But you're right, yeah. Dina, you know, she was in this horrible marriage. Uh, she had four young kids and she kind of, I think, sought or threw herself into Lindsay's career from a young age because, uh, you know, that was kind of an ex escape for her. Escape from Michael yeah. Lohan, who is kind of a piece of shit. Uh, so you're right. And then... It's interesting as well because the author talks about how, you know, she was married and having children at a young age in her 20s and 30s and kind of never got to have uh, a young adulthood. So she was not only kind of living vicariously through Lindsay, but joining Lindsay on her escapades, you know, going out and partying with Lindsay because she didn't you know, wasn't able to live that when she was Lindsay's age because she was literally, you know, already a mother. Yeah, she was definitely living vicariously through Lindsay and living a life. I mean, it definitely seems like she was running away from her marriage or the life that she once had. And, you know, I think Lindsay was a, a vehicle to help her achieve any sort of better life. And, you know, then when she saw that she, her daughter was old enough to party, she was like, well, let me live my life low. Let me let my hair down. Let me leave Michael at home. Exactly. And it's interesting. They also mentioned, they bring up uh, this piece in Harper's Bazaar where she, where uh, Dina talks about introducing herself to George Clooney as Lindsay's assistant. And she's quoted as saying, I don't want them to know I'm her mom. It's a whole nother demographic. People just go dark, which I think is also really telling that she, you know, clearly doesn't want to be seen as the mother, as the, the authority figure. She wants to be seen more as like the friend, the assistant, and, um, and, and not take kind of the responsibilities of maybe helping her daughter and her career, um, which, you know, as we've seen, kind of went downhill after all the partying. 
Yeah, it seemed like a lot of people were starting to become concerned with her behavior. You know, there was the issues on set where they kept having to delay things or, you know, she wasn't meeting her schedules and she was trying to, you know, record music and and film movies. And, you know, it seemed like she was pulled in so many different directions. And maybe there was a bit of pressure, right? Of like, I'm taking care of my family. I have to do these things. I want to do these things, but I want to be a kid at the same time. And that's probably why we see her, you know, indulging in a lot of these reckless, you know, partying behaviors. Um, And it is interesting. I think if anything, there's so much more empathy to be had for, I mean, I guess for Lindsay, I don't know if I feel as bad for Paris. For Dina? Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) For Paris, just because Paris is still like very much, you know, out there and doing her thing and filming reality shows. Whereas I feel like Lindsay just kind of wants to have a sense of normalcy and has done a lot of like inner self work and doesn't really want to be in the party scene anymore. You know, I was like, yes, Lindsay. She doesn't even live in this country anymore. Yeah. No, and I loved seeing her new Netflix, the trailer oh, for her new Netflix Christmas movie. And they had the little Jingle Bell Rock in it. Or yeah, it was Jingle Bell Rock. And I was like a little nod to Mean Girls. I love, love that. that. So, you know, it's nice to see Lindsay kind of come out on the other side. But, it, you know, I would imagine that that's probably why she was such a, a reckless party girl is she just wanted to be a kid. And now it seems like there was a lot of responsibility to be the breadwinner and to also help her mother. Because like, listen, as kids, you're perceptive of these things, right? You can see if your mom's in an unhealthy marriage and you can be a gateway to helping her, you know, feel better or feel happy, especially if she's depressed and she's projecting that onto you. I can see how as a child, she may have that inflated sense of responsibility to be like my mother's happiness and my family's income is dependent on me having to work. Yeah. And not only on top of that, it's, she doesn't have, you know, again, necessarily a strong mother figure who isn't going out and partying with her every night. Right. Because it seems like her mom was more of her friend and wanted to be seen as more of her friend uh, rather than her mom. And and that's kind of scary. You know what I mean? It sounds like she needed the real Oprah. <laughs> the real Oprah got there a little too late. Seriously, too though. Late. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember that show, though? That, that, uh, what was it? Course. Like a six part? It was yes. like a six episode series. And they would have like the camera crew outside her apartment. And they're like, we're supposed to film with Lindsay today. And she's she's not coming out today. And isn't that where the infamous what is the truth GIF is from. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely. And again, you know, uh, Dina was not only her mom, she was also, you know, her her manager. And it's like if you don't have like a really strong uh, parental figure there and obviously she didn't have that with her father either. And and you're going to have a mom who's telling you, yes, it's okay to party every night. Like what? And you're still a teen. What are you going to think? You're not going to have the best, you know, ideas of of work ethic or whatnot. So it just, it's too bad. It really does seem like Lindsay kind of got screwed in a way that again, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't absolve her from responsibility, but there are, it seems like there are a lot of kind of mitigating uh, factors there that just aren't conducive to a, a very responsible adult. I mean, the only thing Dina didn't do was sell a sex tape. <laughs> That's true. But did she broker Lindsay Lohan's uh, a Playboy shoot? Do you remember that? Do you remember that her Playboy shoot? Oh, yes. Yeah, she got a million dollars for she that She got a one. bunch of money, yeah. Which, 
was a little low when I actually watched like Secrets of Playboy, the documentary, oh. and I saw that like a million dollars was the celebrity standard like back in the 90s. And I was like, then why was Lindsay Lohan only getting paid a million all I, these right? years later for a celebrity? This, the inflation, you'd think it would be more. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't. I, I mean, feel like she earned it. She did earn it. And I, she did a whole Marilyn Monroe style rem- shoot. Yes, of course. Of course. Oh, my gosh. That was that was kind of iconic. But um, yeah, no, it's. It's just fascinating to kind of see uh, the way in which her career went. And again, it's it's obviously her responsibility. But then again, you know, she wasn't raised with the the best of, uh, you know, uh, morals and um, people with like good examples to. And she was being ripped apart left and right in the tabloids. Like that's yeah. got to be hard for your ego and for your self-esteem, sure. especially as a young woman coming into your own and becoming an adult, having power, having money, having responsibility, but also being picked apart on Perez Hilton and Us oh. Weekly and all these tabloids and, totally. and websites are constantly, you know, talking about her and, and referring to her in these very derogative way, uh, derogatory ways that like, it's natural for her to get so unhinged, not to, like you said, not to absolve her of any responsibility um, or accountability rather, but you know, there were other factors that were influencing her. And I think when you're in that world, you need an anchor and you need someone to guide you. You know, you need someone that can help push you in whatever direction is going to be most beneficial, but you also need an anchor that's going to keep you focused. That's going to keep you humble. That's going to keep you positive. Yeah. In such a negative world. Definitely. Yes. That, those are all very, very good points. And it's, it, there's also this other piece that I always think about. It's, um, it was from the New York Times magazine. And it, I think they published it back in like maybe 2012 or something or 20, in the 2010s. And it talks about Lindsay Lohan's like work ethic. And it was like, what happens when you hire Lindsay Lohan for your movie? And again, she was, you know, she had these uh, opportunities that were squandered and she was finally getting another opportunity, but she was again, partying and staying out late again. And it's just like, now I'm just like, you know, rooting for her to just get it together. And I, you know, I just, I, Lindsay, you know, and I'm hoping. I mean, I even saw... Yeah. I mean, listen, I even saw, what was it? Jamie Lee Curtis was just on The View and she's like, we, uh, she's like, I am down to do a reboot of Freaky (laughs) Friday. Lindsay, let's go. And I'm like, everyone is rooting for Lindsay, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's so good to see that. Exactly. And you're so right. It's nice that we're in this era now where, I mean, listen, back in 2007, when this article came out, we love to watch them fall. We love to watch them fall. But now we're in a different era. Yeah. Now we have a different lens and we want to see them thrive. We want to see Lindsay come back on Netflix. We want to see Britney free and happy yes, and thriving in life. Exactly. You're so right. And that, and again, you bring up a great point with like Perez Hilton and the tablets. I just, every time anyone brings up Perez Hilton, I think of his like video from a couple years ago or not even a couple years ago, but where he was, ta- he talked about getting, uh, booted from TikTok and he was like crying and he's like, please let me back on TikTok, please. Do you remember that video? No. Oh, okay. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you after this. But um, I didn't, but I, but I know he's been on like, you know, he wrote his book and he's like, forgive me. And right. I, you know, I'm not a bad person anymore. And he was on, he did a cameo on The Hills New Beginnings oh, with Misha Barton. Oh, okay. Yeah, where she was like, you were awful to me in the press. And he's like, but I'm sorry. And she's like, but you were awful. Drink. (laughs) 
Just through drinking him, yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm going to Google that after we're done with this. Um, but yeah, you're right. And and it's interesting to see, you know, the level of, um, I guess, just for, forgiveness that we're seeing yeah. nowadays. And, and which leads us kind of into... Brittany and Lynn, they briefly mention Lynn at the beginning of this and at the end of this. We don't really get a lot from her other than uh, they were saying uh, in this piece that she might have the most out of control daughter, like it was some kind of competition, which is gross. But um, again, you know, it's it's. That's what it was, Amelia. It was clickbait. It they, was put clickbait. Her in. <laughs> they put her in for the clickbait because she's like barely mentioned in the article barely, at all. Other yeah. than like Britney's having a meltdown and Lynn came from humble beginnings. And like we really didn't get much of, we of didn't. Lynn at all. Right. Exactly. And it's just it's interesting to see that now and, and contrasted to everything we are starting to hear about from Britney herself, you know, now that she has her right. voice back. Thank goodness. And recently there was this uh, she Brittany posted on Instagram about how she actually went out partying. This was like only a few days ago uh, with Paris and Lindsay again, same women. And and she came back at 4 a.m. and her mom slapped her across the face, which is, oh, my God, like what? That's that's horrible. So um, I am interested in what else. Uh, Brittany has to say about her mother nowadays um, after. I mean, she's had a lot to say on Instagram. Well, she has. She's yeah. been dogging her out. She's like Jamie Lynn and Jamie and Lynn. And Lynn. she's calling all of them. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lynn and Lynn. Yeah, exactly. I know. But I'm like very excited to read her book, which I'm sure will be announced soon. And Jamie Lynn's. Oh, not Jamie Lynn's. Brittany's. Brittany's. Definitely Brittany's. Not I'm not supporting Jamie Lynn. Never, 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 never. But she didn't know anything, Amelia. I didn't just, you see her on Caller Daddy? Oh my God. Don't even, don't even give me that. That woman she also- She cares about Britney. She also murdered her cats. Remember that? With oh her Teslas? Gosh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, but uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was a, that was a detour. Uh, I apologize. But- um, Well, because the article didn't give us much content on Lynn Spears. <laughs> exactly. So we had to take our own detour. We had to take a detour to somewhere else. Exactly. But again, it's just, it's interesting to kind of look back um, at these women who are all kind of having, I guess, a, a renaissance, if you will, uh, 15 years later. And, and to some extent, their mothers as well. You know, especially Kathy Hilton, who, like we said at the top, is just in the news. Listen, we can leave Kathy Hilton in the closet. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just, she hasn't absolved herself completely. Neither has Lynn, actually. True. I, I think, if anything, we've come into this new place of like compassion and empathy. Yeah, and understanding. And we're now seeing these women and understanding. We're now seeing these women from a through a different lens. Um, and I guess it's just more obvious and apparent that they weren't protected. You know, I think there was a lot of accountability that we wanted to put on them. Oh, Lindsay's a bad girl. She's doing drugs. She's drinking. Oh, Paris is having sex on tape, which like, what is the worst? Like, how Like, uh, yeah. how did we demonize that so much back then? It's wild. Like, it's wild. But like, you know, we ha we like ridiculed these women so much at that time that now in retrospect, it's like these were young girls. They were young so women young. that didn't know any better. They were teenagers that grew into women in their right. 20s that had no idea what they were doing that were kind of just, you know, flung into the limelight. To have that much 
fame and power at that young of an age where your brain isn't even fully developed. And to try to hold them to certain standards is just, I mean, it's crazy. And in contrast, their mothers were not young. Their mothers <laughs> yeah. were not gullible. They were, you know, very savvy in what they were doing. Dina Lohan was very savvy in negotiating these deals on behalf of Lindsay. Kathy Hilton was very ambitious in, you know, trying to um, make Paris a thing a star, and make her yeah. daughters famous, make her a star. That was her nickname. So <laughs> I have less compassion for Kathy right. and Dina and Lynn. I have a lot of empathy and, you know, just my heart breaks for, for Brittany and Lindsay and Paris, because I think they unfairly got a bad rep when, you know, the people that were supposed to be there for them just weren't able to show up for them and further exploited them. Yeah, you're you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and again, it's like they didn't have the tools. They weren't given the tools to be successful people. And and coupled with the fact that they were so young at the time and they, again, had all this fame and power and and all these yes men you know, waiting on them hand and foot and the media was horrible. It's just, it is amazing that they even survived, to be honest. So um, I'm really glad that we're giving them kind of another look 15 years later, you know? I agree, Amelia. And (laughs) listen, Kathy Hilton's having her moment right now and everyone loves Kathy Hilton. But listen, I'm like, no, 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 no. I I read House of Hilton. I read House of Hilton. I read the Vanity Fair article. (laughs) Kathy Hilton is not so innocent, you guys. She's sneaky, yeah. She's very sneaky. And, you know, I think... Listen, Paris learned how to play up this role on The Simple Life. And I think Kathy also, you know, from what we've seen of Kathy on Who Wants to Be a Hilton oh. and on Beverly Hills and on Paris in Love <laughs> yeah. and in Paris's documentary, This is Paris. It's all a very different Kathy, depending on what character, you know, we need to play up. It's a, a very point. different Kathy on all of them, you know. So when we hear about Kathy Hilton having a meltdown in Aspen on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I'm actually like, well, I actually believe it. And she hasn't denied it. So sure. It's that I'm like what she yeah. did to Paris. Yeah. It's no, totally. I mean, I know. I just feel like we need to hold her accountable for things that she has done. Uh, and but also, you know, she comes across, at least right now, in this whole Real Housewives of Beverly Hills show and whatnot. She she's like kooky Kathy, and like that's fun. Like she's just a fun character. And so we kind of almost forget about all of her Machiavellian like tendencies, if you will. Yeah. Or like when she would uninvite her sister and oh. her sister's kids to the wedding Just, and, you know, would she's vindictive. <laughs> Listen, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, Kathy Hilton is not so hunky dory guys. <laughs> She's funny. Listen, she's funny and she's cute. And listen, she makes me laugh. Like when she was popping on the Instagram, when she's on Instagram and she writes all her crazy little comments to people and she, you know, does have this kind of aloof sort of uh, uh, character to her. I laugh and it's funny and she's entertaining. But, you know, just because someone's entertaining doesn't necessarily mean that they're not, you know, there's not more to that character. Right. So it would not surprise you if she like had a dungeon full of children. I'm pretty sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to make them all to, all out to be a star. Uh, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, Zach, this was so much fun. Uh, thank you so much to Zach Peter, my also my co-host 
for You're Doing Amazing, sweetie. Find it on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Thank you so much to our producer, Sasha Ashel. And we will be back with another pop culture history lesson very soon. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.